Welcome to the War and Peace podcast, the podcast that when it gets sprayed with space energy, all we get is a rash that we need to treat with antibiotics. I'm Greg. <laughs> I'm Emily. I'm Eric. And I'm Kendall. And this week we're reviewing episode one of season two, Aftermath. Uh, it's You guys yeah. can't tell, but uh, Emily and Greg are both weirdly metallic looking right now. <laughs> pretty damn cut now and, and Jordan nice. turned into Eric <laughs> <laughs> yeah Jordan, Jordan mean, fell into a pit of lava it's a Aww. new season we're trying new things <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, wait so is Eric the dawn week. of this of this uh, of this podcast hmm <laughs> food for thought <laughs> Yes, so episode one of season two, or if we're going to be very specific like Luke is on TWA, episode 27, I guess, of the series. <laughs> um, overall, yeah, it's a interesting start. As, as I sort of alluded to in the description of last week's episode, uh, it was a mind-blowing episode, so to speak. I suppose it might have been in poor taste if people were watching the episode but or saw the screen cap but <laughs> anyway um, it's a cartoon you have to get yeah <laughs> yeah it's just robot violence who who doesn't like good old-fashioned robot violence Nobody. But yes <laughs> but yeah so this week so kendall you were saying you didn't think that there was any imdb facts for this there episode are, there are no there is no trivia goofs crazy credits alternate versions connections or soundtracks there's some quotes but they aren't very good way to fail us again imdb what the hell we need content for our, our podcast <laughs> be the it change even, you want to see in the world it doesn't even have the quote listed where <laughs> where uh, rat trap calls themselves transmetals oh yeah yeah, I forgot about that line. I suppose technically he's the first one that even mentions it. He's probably the only one that mentions it. Oh, I can assure you, he is not. Megatron sort of steals that one and runs away with it, especially in the third season. But anyway, but since Jordan is not here, he, he's just away this week. He He had some stuff come up with some friends, and so he's having a fun time with them. But Eric has... Uh, been nice enough to step in, so at this point he has even offered to uh, to read from the TF wiki for this episode. <laughs> and by offered, we uh, mean we forced him to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I'm your guest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like when it's just like when you have somebody over for dinner and then you make them do the dishes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's right up there with take your shoes off before you get on the carpet. Read this trivia from this website. <laughs> That's one way to look at it. Uh, so, record. what we have from TF Wiki: a new title sequence debuted this episode for the new season. It effectively mm-hmm. summarized the events of other voices and aftermath, which is a bit odd since the major story points, like the quantum surge, appeared in the credits 
before they actually got shown in the episode itself. Yeah, that was something I noticed when I watched this. Yeah, they should have changed the opening for next episode. I think they should have done. Yeah. Yeah, Although the credits spoil the debut of the Fusors and most of the transmetals, Optimus Primal's transmetal form is not shown, presumably in an effort to keep his return in the third episode a surprise. Oh, crap. And I'm sorry sorry if I disagreed with that. (laughs) I assumed that Optimus was was dead permanently. Yep, he never shows up in any other. He's gone. (laughs) Yeah, no, we we didn't we haven't mentioned him on Beast Machines or anything in the past. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, he wasn't in the Michael Bay movies. I did, you know, that, that <laughs> explains why. Hmm. He gets replaced by Rodimus Primal. Oh, is that the new one, Rodimus Primal? Because he's not in the, Rodimus Prime. I mean, is he going to be in the new one? Uh, Rod, Hot Rod is going to be in the new one. Okay. Now, whether he becomes Rodimus Prime, I don't know. Uh, I have to see, I guess. Sort of bittersweet memories because I really love the Transformers movie, but then what they did in the series after the movie is like, ugh. <laughs> uh, let's see. As they plunge into the lava, Terrorsaur and Scorponok are glowing with the same transmetallization energy. This was written as an out in case the writers needed to bring them back. And they would come back in one continuity about 10 years after the fact. But I did not click that link, so I don't know what that continuity is. <laughs> I don't was wondering if it. they really died. So they really died? Yeah. That was, that's that's the last death you're going to have to mark on your death list. Jeez. For those two. Don't fuck with quantum surges. <laughs> I guess. Wow. Uh, Waspinator was originally intended to die in this episode, but due to fan popularity and the fact the writers needed a character for comic relief... He was granted amnesty. This is somewhat reflected in Waspinator's line as he emerges from the CR chamber. Waspinator is alive! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, well, I mean, we'll talk about it when we get to this scene, but it, the pterosaur and, and Scorponok biting a bullet was pretty, like, it was pretty, like, unceremonious. It's, it's kinda, it was. Makes it, it makes it darker. I feel. <laughs> well, it's just weird because they didn't like toy shelves. <laughs> they didn't like make it clear that that was what happened. I, I think mean, it does. I mean, it shows them falling the lava, and then their hands are sticking out. Yeah, but how many times have the characters died and just magically come back immediately afterwards? Not to that extent. Like we always see their pieces. Like that's lava. Like I don't know. Like I mean, I'm, yeah, I guess I came out of the episode not realizing that they were permanently dead. And I isn't there like a transmetal Scorponok in the in the opening credits? Nope. nope. That's a whole that's different, a different character. character. Predacons are actually thirty percent dolomite. <laughs> <laughs> probably uh probably shouldn't go into too much more detail because you guys have already spoiled lots of stuff for me now, but that's okay. No, you can keep reading the trivia if there's more. It's okay if it's spoiled uh, stuff. Just two more. The recap of the last episode actually shows Optimus approaching the center of the moon before the explosion, a scene cut from the first season finale. Mm. And I guess this is more of a fun fact. Inferno can survive getting shot point blank in the head. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Inferno's resilient, if nothing else. Oh, yeah. And loyal. (laughs) Yep. 
Yeah, that's what we had as far as trivia. Now, M, I, as I think... far as we had for American trivia. Oh, yes, that's true. Uh, yeah. Oh, I think um, there's specific trivia for uh, the, the Japanese episode. Before we get into that, just as a primer, I wanted to talk about... Uh, we mentioned before that um, Super Robot Lifeform Transformers Beast Wars, which is the Japanese version of Beast Wars, was a little bit more comedic than... Um, and satirical than our version of Beast Wars. But apparently, in the follow-up, which is Super Robot Lifeform Transformers Beast Wars Metals, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. a very wordy title, it just went full-blown parody. Um, it, like, um, it's, it's described on this article as unrestrained self-parody. Uh, it mentions ad-libbing was done to the extreme, and characters all received major personality adjustments to reflect the aggressively comedic nature of the series. For example, Depth Charge was turned into a goofy old man who enjoyed singing fishing songs while transforming. What? Silverbolt, Yeah. Silverbolt, Silverbolt was now psychotically polite, which I love that ter- phrasing, psychotically polite, with an obnoxious, happy-go-lucky attitude, and Rampage now talked in the rough-and-tumble dialect of a cartoon street punk. The show was increasing, incessantly self-aware, regularly acknowledging the camera, the TV channel, and in one of the more oppressive gags, Rattrap would constantly smell what the audience was eating, making <laughs> remarks to the effect of, oh, that's Sato-san's curry, as he sniffed. <laughs> uh, so yeah. is that why they had The Rock on the newest season? Because <laughs> <laughs> Rattrap could smell what The Rock is cooking. <laughs> and yeah, and, and a Yoshikazu's dubbing style, who is, I guess, is the guy who um, uh, dubbed the series or was in charge of the dub. Uh, mm-hmm. It became synonymous with all imported Western Transformers cartoons in Japan, as he would be placed in charge of localizing every series through Prime, all with the same overbearingly satirical attitude. So even Transformers Prime apparently is a huge satire of itself, which Ooh. is interesting. That show's pretty serious, yeah. um, even more so than Beast Wars, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like I, I just think it's really funny how much different the Japanese version is apparently to ours. Like, and like that, that just sounds crazy. Like <laughs> Rattrap sniffing through the TV screen. And like, I can imagine if you're like, if you're someone named Sato and then you just hear Rattrap go, Oh, Sato sounds curry. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and you're eating curry. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, the thing now that you mentioned that, that, that makes me think. So they've said there's, they did, what Team Four Star is doing with the Dragon Ball Z series right now, well before they even did it. Yeah, I mean, like I, I, I previously compared it to like when we take Japanese cartoons mm-hmm. and make them, uh, like like with Digimon, we took the story and we we relayed the same story, but we added in like a bunch of random jokes. Yeah, excuse me, and an incidental dialogue that wasn't there before. Which I think is more in common with the first season of Beast Wars in Japan, it sounds like. But the second and third one is more like, um, do you guys ever watch the anime Duel Masters? Yes. Duel Masters is like, I don't think they even had the script for that. <laughs> <laughs> like, they just like, they go off the wall with the parody in like, um, I mean, they mentioned like Lord of the Rings in one of the episodes of it, like in this, in this, the like, goblins like calling other characters mother and like they just completely go off the walls with dual masters and it just sounds like that or like a more commonly known one samurai pizza cats oh that level of like parody it sounds like the the second season second and third seasons of transformers 
Beast Wars was. Or like mm-hmm. um, the 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 other thing that comes, the other Japanese to American thing that comes to mind is uh, Shinchan. Wasn't Shinchan the Japanese version? Wasn't it much more like aimed at a at a like a younger audience, like a like a Rugrats type audience? And then, uh, and then they, I want to say it might have been. I I feel like, and this is completely. Shin Chan was always kind of adult, but I couldn't. I could be wrong. I may be. I I may be um, completely making this up, but it was either it was either that it was aimed at a younger audience in Japan, and then they brought it over when they brought it over to America, they made it super raunchy, or it was also super raunchy in Japan, and they tried to bring it over to America and edit and dub it so it was aimed at a much younger audience. And you know it was a massive failure, and then ten years later it was on Adult Swim with the mm-hmm. you know with the the new dub as it were. Yeah. Um, either way, uh, I feel like watching Shin Chan now. So. It, it, <laughs> it, it 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 makes sense because like I'm reading the Shin Chan uh, Wikipedia thing right now really quickly, and it sounds like a lot of the jokes like just don't make sense translated. Mm. So like I could, um, because it says um. The jokes of the series stem from Shin Chan's occasionally weird, unnatural, and inappropriate use of language, uh, as well as mischievous behavior. So it sounds like a lot of them are puns based on Japanese words. So trying to translate that to English can be a little bit like the humor gets lost. So I could see them. It sounds like it already was kind of dirty with the inappropriate mm-hmm. wording there, but yeah. maybe they made it like even dirtier in English or something. Anyway, we're, we're getting on to trivia for a show that we're not even watching. <laughs> no, no, no. I, hey, there yeah, wasn't I'm, any I'm trivia with, for done, this episode. <laughs> I, I know, but Kendall was wondering, and like maybe the yeah. listeners wondering, yeah, so I yeah, thought yeah. I'd like just yeah, put think, it in there. Um, yeah. uh, the quantum yeah. search has affected the show as well. <laughs> and, so, and, and, and I guess Eric, you had like specific trivia related to the Japanese uh, episode, so I thought I'd mention, I'd give that primer first. That it's a very a much more humorous show, even more so than the first season. So, is there uh, any trivia yeah. related to the Japanese episode, particularly? Uh, yeah, so when Megatron first transforms into Transmetal T-Rex mode, he squeals in a high-pitched voice. <laughs> so cool! Kakui! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that that sounded like Megatron right there. <laughs> and he was probably even more of a bit high-pitched here, but I won't try again. I do have to wonder what it would sound like if the, the voice actor for the English Megatron would sound like if he said that. Kakui! <laughs> so cool! <laughs> yeah, just like that. Rat you know Traps just and Cheetor's conversation about their new appearances is less a conversation and more just the two of them saying Pika Pika, which means glitter, glittery, over and over again. So they become Pikachu for a little bit. Oh, the incessant use of the phrase is dated, but a reference to the massive Pokemon craze sweeping Japan, particularly particularly in the way they say Pika Pika, devolving into Pikachu impressions as they repeat it. That sort of goes hand in hand with what you were saying, Em. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Um, so, so this just occurred to me when you brought up uh, Megatron in the stuff. Megatron's a purple dinosaur, just like Barney. <laughs> yeah, he Imagine is. if, if uh, Barney was the voice of Megatron. Oh, God. Or if 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 Megatron uh, hosted a, a TV show for very small children. 
about sharing and Orthodox. cleaning up. We've got to get the Maximals. <laughs> He's kind of like that, I think. Clean up. Clean up. Everybody, everywhere. <laughs> so it is nap time. Bar and yes. sound like <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Oh, my. Did we have... Was there any anything else there, Eric, as far as with the Japanese episode? Uh, there's a lot of things with the Japanese <laughs> trivia. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Give, just give one or two more if uh, that sound interesting, if something sounds interesting. Uh, okay, when the computer alerts Megatron to the incoming quantum surge oh. at the start of the episode, she flusters and mixes up her words. Her alert at first is the declaration hentai. She then corrects herself and shouts, Tai Hen, which means, oh no. I <laughs> she think says, you all know what hentai popularly means, but the word <laughs> can also be used to mean transformation or change. I mean, oh, Henge and Henshin are. Yeah. So I guess the Hen part. Yeah, Maybe this literally came. was just a, a reversal of the, of the word, so. Maybe she just came across the Predacon search history for a second while she was analyzing the. the it's like it's like the it's like when they're, when they're on the when in the episode of The Simpsons where Homer is gonna have an affair and he's like, "Oh, I, let's, I guess we'll be getting off together. I mean, going down together. I mean, let's push the button on the stimulator. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like it's that kind of joke. I." That's actually not a particularly apt example, but you understand my point. Yeah. Oh, my. Okay, I got a question. Who on the Predacons would have a stash of hentai? Waspinator. No, he's too pure for that. Yeah, you're right. Um, a tarantulas, tarantulas, actually. Oh. Really, really, really dark stuff. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of bondage stuff, I think. I mean, probably... Yeah. Probably uh, uh, Black Arachnia would also have some weird stuff. Oh, I mean, she no. and also particularly hentai, like not just porn, but particularly hentai, because you know she's Asian. Uh, I knew you were going to reference that. Uh, I feel like maybe, I feel like Black Arachnia is an otaku. I don't know. I think she like she just she, she rather than looking up really crazy stuff she just does really crazy stuff while tarantulas has to look it up and stuff because no one wants to actually be with him <laughs> well, you know i will say i will say as you know somebody who does some crazy stuff a lot of times you look at it first before you try it <laughs> all right anyway that was a weird tangent we're not totally reprised <laughs> We could be. <laughs> we could be We're anything. It's a new season. <laughs> oh God! What have I transformed the series? <laughs> oh. Anyway, we've got an episode to review. So, uh, starting off this episode, uh, as you had stated earlier, Eric, we get a bit of a uh, replay as to what happened with the prior two episodes with the two parker. It lasts, I want to say, for a good 30 seconds or so, just recapping what happened with Optimus and the explosion. And we then have 
black screen for a few seconds, followed by the title card, and then finally we get the Maximals. And, of course, Cheetor's the first one to speak, and he's like, Big Bonnet? And so everybody's sort of speechless, except for, as we cut to Black Arachnia, she's like, time for this lady to go. It's getting (laughs) awkward in here. Yeah. So she quickly makes tracks while they're all distracted, and we got Ratchop who, excuse me, he he immediately goes to the computer. He's trying to get it to, to actually show something, and he winds up punching the screen. And that, of course, makes it work. I wish it always works. I wish tech support was really like that sometimes. <laughs> well, it's um, just like it's just like I. I also I think it worked more in the '90s, since uh, yeah, technology just straight up didn't work, and then you'd have to like give it a bat, give it a dirty look, and then it would magically work. Like I, yeah. I totally remember times before I knew Control Alt Delete, where they where my friends would be like, just push all the buttons on the keyboard, and then it should fix oh, itself. God. It also worked really well in the 50s. <laughs> hey. Especially if you're cool. Bonzi just needed to give it the look. He's like, so, hey, either so, you work or I toss you in the pool with the shock when I'm jumping over it. So a few, a few, um, a few months or a month or two ago, I was, uh, I was watching the music video for Buddy Holly by Weezer, which oh, is a, a it's a callback to uh, to Happy Days. Happy Days. And yeah. I realized that I was watching a movie or I was watching a music video for for 90s nostalgia mm-hmm. uh, that was that was a that was 70s nostalgia of 50s nostalgia. Yeah. Cuz it's true. <laughs> it was like it was like so many levels cuz every 20 years like everything inception. happens everything's cool again. <laughs> That was a At very the good end video. of the music video. You decided to sell your father's company. <laughs> oh, <laughs> snap! Anyway, getting back to the episode. So we've got Rattrap who is getting the the computer to report. Uh, the computer, of course, sort of uh, snarkily says, "Alien construct destroyed." He's like, "Later for that hunk of junk." He's like, "Where's Optimus?" And so the com- the computer starts saying, "Unit." It almost had like a hint of sadness when it was when it was talking. It's like Unit Optimus Primal, and then it cuts over to the Predacon base, and we get the Predacon computer saying "destroyed." And of course, all the Predacons are cheering. Well, the four that are there, uh, we've got Megatron, Waspinator, Scorponok, and Pterosaur. And uh, Scorponok is like, "You've done it, Megatron." Which are his last <laughs> words. Just about, because Megatron smacks, sort of shoves him aside. (laughs) And then Waspinator is on the other side of him. He says, Waspinator, happy to see end of the alien machines and Optimus Primal, too. And then, of course, Megatron takes a moment to gloat and says, yes, I am good, aren't I? He's like, but we can discuss my brilliance (laughs) He still hates Waspinator. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and the the with the computer, I think this is a really good example of the the Maximals computer is a dude and the Predacons computer is a lady, and I really like that touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty neat. Um, from here, <laughs> while Megatron, of course, would love to talk more about his brilliance, he's like, "There is work to be done." And then we get Terrasaur who says, "What kind of work?" Which are his last words? <laughs> yeah, and Megatron's like, "The Predacon kind." 
He's like, we must defeat the remaining Maximals while they mourn their poor departed leader. And then he's very dramatic about it. He says, this will be the final battle. And then just as he says that, they get a warning going off saying that there's a quantum surge approaching the planet. So he orders everybody to their stations. And from there, we cut back to the Maximal base. And Cheetor is still, you know, he's still mourning. He's like, I should have been flying the ship. And uh, at this point, Air Razor comes over to him. And it's like, Optimus did what he thought was best. And he saved the whole planet doing it. And then Tigertron's like, but why didn't he leave the ship as planned? And that's when we kept Rattrap. Of course, he's still sitting in that chair that's sort of like on the tracks in their little command center part of the ship. And so he sort of slides into the screen. And he's like, good question. And he's like, and I know just who to ask. And he, as he says that, he's pulling out his gun. And he looks over to where Black Arachnia should be. And he's like... <laughs> Slag! That sneaky bobble legs took it out on the lamb. <laughs> she she, le- she she. He's like, oh, she she left after she betrayed us. Yeah, <laughs> it's very so, surprising. Yeah. So Tigertron immediately is offering to go hunt her down. He transforms, um, but then their computer warns him about the quantum quantum surge as well, and Rat Trap tells him to hold on. And sort of alludes that he thinks that they've got bigger problems. Um, we then cut to Black Arachnia, who's eerily climbing on the the ceiling of a hallway in her spider form. She's like, "I think the exit is this way." And just as she's about to head in that direction, we get her eyes glowing green, which was sort of something that we saw alluded to in last episode. And we hear Tarantulas's voice. So she transforms and is looking around for him and obviously doesn't see him. And we then uh, have this sort of cutscene into her mind, I guess you could say. Um, and from here, she's sort of looking around in like, like this very dark sort of room, I guess, in her mind, uh, wondering what's going on. And Tarantulas is essentially says that he's inside her pretty little head controlling her pretty little thoughts. And she sort of counters with, don't count on it, Quasar brain. And she says how nobody controls her. And the next thing you know, we have this flash and she's trapped in this Energon net. And he, and we get a, a very large version of Tarantulas's spider form um, saying, you're always, you always were amusing he's like, unhappily, we have no more time to play. And so she's sort of screaming as we, we cut to black. And like I you said, uh, Tarantulas is into some really uh, yeah, kinky shit. He's into some kinky stuff. <laughs> um, this is where I probably would have made a Hot Topic joke if Zach were here. But <laughs> for anybody who doesn't know what that is, if you listen to some of the previous episodes of Teenagers with Attitude, I'm sure you'll probably get it. But someday he'll be on here and I'm going to nail him with a joke. I know I will. But anyway, so <laughs> we, we cut back to the, the Maxwell base. And actually before that, we get the um, this quantum surge. It's like this energy ring that's headed towards the planet. We had sort of seen it 
last Star episode. Trek Generations. It's yeah, it's very similar to that. Um, sort of like that that ribbon of energy that they had that Malcolm McDowell was trying to get himself into. Oh my God. I can't even remember. I can't believe that I actually remember that get to the ribbon. He's yeah. trying to make the ribbon go to him. Yes. He had to blow up suns in order to get it to him. Oh, that's the thing that, that captain Kirk was trapped in. Yes. Okay. The, Oh, it oh. was called the Nexus. The Nexus. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. So I can't Malcolm believe McDowell I gets Wait. the sun crusher. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't wait, wasn't the Nexus something that we talked about last week? Maybe. Cuz I remember making a joke it was Nexus 0 is what it was. Oh. I remember making a joke about it being a Google tablet. Oh yeah, that's right. See, we've come full circle. We end one season with a Bad joke, and here we are. We're trying to link it to the new season. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember why it came up. Well, this did come out about three years after the movie Star Trek Generations. Did it? Oh my god, I feel old now. I actually saw Generations when it opened in theaters. Oh my, my gosh, there's a TF people. Wiki article for Nexus Zero. <laughs> uh, Nexus Zero is a location associated with the Vok, presumably their home. That's doesn't seem right. to be a planet, but rather a nebula where the Vok float around, talk, and keep their kidnapped victims in stasis. Uh, yes. I remember that. They, I think there was something mentioned about that when Optimus was talking with the Vok. Oh, oh, so the aliens are the Vok? Damn it! Okay. Oh, oh so, the, so now the mysterious aliens have a name. Who cares? Yeah, okay. That, that makes sense. That's interesting. Okay. Anyway, getting back to the episode. So we've got the, we've got the. It's not even a ribbon at this point. It's it's more like a an energy ring, I guess you could say. Um, oh, I know what it reminded me of. It reminded me of when the the Death Star explodes in the special edition of Episode Four. And you get the big energy ring that sort of emanates from it when it explodes. That's what it reminded me of. Oh, come on. Nobody else remembers that. I, I remember Sorry. that. No, I mean, I guess you want my opinion of it. It was a good that in, in, in Star Wars special edition. It looks way better than in the uh, than in the, the original theatrical version. In the original theatrical version, it looks like garbage. And the special edition, yeah. it looks good. Is that what you so want? Alderaan? Yeah, same no, with when, Ald- Alderaan's wor- is way worse than the Death Star as far in the original. Yeah. Oh, Death um, Star explosion. But both yeah, but yeah. both explosions in special edition do have that. That shockwave energy ring thing. Yeah. Also, it's a bad time to check something else. I guess because I didn't hear. Also, the bad guys. Also, the bad guys in space cases. uh, One of the one of the evil alien races. Their um, their ships have a failsafe device or something like that. Where if you where if if you blow one up, it will destroy all ships within like one light year of them or something like that. And, oh, and the geez. way they animate that is is uh, there's an explosion and then one of those shockwaves and then if the shockwave hits any other ships it'll it'll blow them up so they use that to like uh-huh. blow up an entire fleet of these warships somehow. Uh-huh. Yeah, actually, Kendall, did, I imagine you probably didn't listen to the last episode, but you should listen to the last episode because I made a special call back for you during the break. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that was that was good. Um. Damn it! Now I'm thinking about Star Wars. Anyway, we got to get back if you, to the episode. If you want to, 
talk more about Star Wars, you should listen to the Katarn Collection. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, my <laughs> my new podcast. <laughs> anyway, getting back to this episode, I'm going to rem- reminisce about Star Wars later. Needless to say, I had a friend when we saw it, and he was when the Death Star exploded. He's like, "See you now, bastard." <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so getting back to the episode, so we got the the energy ring headed towards the planet. Uh, the Maximals are sort of taking up stations in the control room, and uh, they've got the shields up. And this is one of the scenes that we get from the opening, uh, sort of like where we get Cheetor working at the computer. And uh, we've got Air Razor, who, who's working at a station as well. Uh Cheater's like, external shields are on maximum. And then Air Razor says that they've got fluctuations across the board. It's just like, they'll never, they'll, they'll never hold. And Rat Trap says, make them hold. Optimus didn't blow himself up just so we get, can get scrapped by space junk. I really like how uh, Rat Trap's been taking charge yeah. with uh, Optimus and, Rhino- and Rhinox not here. Yeah. I thought that was uh, pretty cool how. And he seems fairly competent at it, too. Yeah, he does a good job. Yeah, yeah, it was a. Yeah, this episode they did a good job of. I mean, even though that one episode, Rhinox was, like, not really in charge, even though he was really in charge. Uh, <laughs> uh, like, they do a really good job of, like, the. Clearly, the chain of command is. Oh, and that episode was called Chain of Command, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, it was. <laughs> when, when Optimus goes away. It's it's definitely Rhinox is second in command and Rat Trap is third in command. No matter what Dinobot thinks, <laughs> as we'll see later. Yeah. All that part. Yeah. So we get a, a countdown from Tigertron as we we see this energy wave heading toward the ship. Um, then we sort of get some sparks fly. Air razors thrown from her console. And we got some rocks outside that are starting to shift. Then Cheetor and then Rat Trap are thrown from theirs. Tigertron's sort of holding on to his console. And he's like, ah, ah, sort of shaking. And then we get these little sort of white, it almost looks like rain coming through the walls. Yeah. And so Tigertron and Air Razor are like right front and center nothing's happening to happening to them when when this is coming um, i think aries even kind of examines herself like oh this is yeah really she's sort of looking at her hands when when this is happening um but then we get Cheetor who seems to be getting affected by it and he's sort of like cowering and shaking and you hear him scream and then we see rad trap who's sort of going through the same thing as well yeah they're like glowing and they're on their knees like they, they kind of sound like they're in like in agony. Yeah. Yeah. So, so rat trap is on his knees and then he sort of falls face first onto the floor. And then we then cut to the dark side and we see the ship starting to shake a bit and Megatron's in his chair. And then he's thrown from his chair onto the floor and waspinator (laughs) is on one of those floating platforms and he's thrown off into a CR chamber and then we cut back to Megatron, who's just starting to stand up, and you, you see him from the back as these sort of energy rain beads start coming through the ship. And he's it, it looks up almost his, like stars when you're going into warp, in yes, like a space show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Megatron sort of starts letting out a pained yell, uh, similar to what Rat Trap and Cheetor were. 
Um, and then we cut to, to Scorponok and Pterosaur, who are both glowing as well. Uh, and because they're in pain and they're sort of zooming around on their floating platforms, they crash into each other, and then they fall into the lava. And, and then we get Pterosaur enacting his, his best Terminator impression as his hand is visible before it sinks into the lava. No thumbs up, though. No. That would have been pretty cool, though. I really um, like the probably imagery. probably wasn't okay with it. <laughs> that's <true. laughs> no, that's true. He, was, he wasn't like wasn't like when a Terminator sacrificed himself. He he just he just fell in. But I was gonna say I really like the imagery of the of the of the transformation thing they're they're going for, like the the, the shooting stars and the the glowing and like how they're kind of like look like they're being like they really look like they're kind of being like blown back by it. But and I mean, kind of hurts, can... but it just looks really cool. Like, I don't know. I really like yeah. the imagery of the transmetal thing. Yeah, and it got completely ripped off in the movie adaptation of the Fantastic Four. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. You're right. Well, I mean, well, I think I mean, this is ripping off the Fantastic Four. Well, I mean, the movie basically looks exactly like the scenes here of them yeah. getting yeah, blasted he, he by cosmic radiation. Not like the comics, like I mean, yeah. I yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like I'm pretty sure the comics. It's that effect. I mean, it's co- they're bombarded yeah. by cosmic rays, and that's what. That's definitely what this looks like. Yeah, it well, I don't think it was exactly. normally as uh, harmful. Like this, it seems like much more traumatic. Yeah. And like the and like it didn't look like this. Like I I've read the original Fantastic Four comic and it didn't look like the same. Like like now when he mentioned it and I'm thinking back on the Fantastic Four movie, it is the exact same. Where like they're going unopposed while they're being bombarded with these mm-hmm. like oh no the shield of- can't hold against this well, cosmic radiation yeah. that's coming towards us in a ribbon. I'm, I'm gonna look up <laughs> like, the the because I would bet it wouldn't the movie wouldn't have been based on the original Fantastic Four, it probably would have been how they would have done it in the Fantastic Four Reborn. Because that was a more modern take. I'll I'll do some research and I'll figure out hmm. if uh figure out if it looks like that or not. I think but, it's kind of funny to think about like if that's not the case that they just like saw Beast Wars and they're like, we're gonna do this. <laughs> I, I will fully admit that it, it's kind of full circle when you think about it that the 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 Transformers and Beast Wars are essentially getting bombarded by cosmic radiation. Yeah, like the actual getting transformed like, and gaining new powers because of it. The thing that's happened to them is is the same as the Fantastic Four, like totally. <laughs> right. Right. Oh yeah. But um, the the fact that like the movie kind of like took the effect from this possibly yeah. is kind of yeah the visualization of it. Like you said full circle. It's like um, like I love always love the fact that like uh. The the cartoon guy who voiced both Garfield and uh, Peter Venkman, um, the live action film version of the the same actor did those characters. I kind of like that. That this kind of that like full circle thing. You want to talk about? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and Eric has has linked us a a YouTube link from Fanta- from the Fantastic Four trailer. Now it just shows them getting hit by the radiation. Yeah, it looks a bit more fiery than than what we see in Beast Wars, but there's still definitely like that sort of almost particle effect. Um, it just like a different color. Then it's yeah. There's some points where it looks kind of fiery when you see Jessica Alba getting hit with it. 
which um, I mean, I could always watch Jessica Alba. So <laughs> no, yeah, it's definitely more fiery, but yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's a very similar effect. Mm-hmm. That's because that was cosmic radiation, whereas this is a quantum surge. Oh exactly. yes, that's true. We need to make that distinction. Different. It's a yeah. simple scientific difference, of course. <laughs> so we, we've got Megatron now. He he actually is starting to glow. And you know what he reminds me of when when he's glowing? He reminds me of um, what's the angel from the Diablo series? Tyrael. Tyrael. Yes, he reminds me of Tyrael, like the way he's glowing, especially from like towards the end of Diablo two, like the cutscene where uh, where you see him there, where he's he has his armor glowing and his wings and everything. It looks very reminiscent of that. So I thought that was kind of neat. But uh, we get Megatron saying, what's happening to me? And then he falls over. And we cut the black again. And we then are sort of panning around uh, the Axelon. And it looks pretty banged up at this point. It's got like, I want to say part of of the pillar that the ship is sort of parked between uh, came off. Like the top sort of came off. Yeah, when the quantum it, surge hit and is, is laying on top of the ship now. Yeah, like a bunch of rubbles on like yeah. on top of the ship. Yeah, it's even harder for it to get off now. Yeah, <laughs> as if it was. It's sort of like kicking it when it's down. It's like you can't fly anyway, so now we're going to put this giant rock on. <laughs> so, um, we we cut inside and we've got Black Arachnia who's sort of coming to, and she's like, "What was that?" And her eyes start glowing green. So, this is sort of going to be the effect, I guess, that we get anytime Tarantulas is sort of taking over her her body, so to speak. Um, but so Tarantulas says, "A quantum surge. It must have knocked everybody on on the ship offline." And he sort of orders her to to get to his body before the Maximals can wake up. She isn't, you know, she isn't overly keen on it, but she's like, anything to get you out of my head. So she starts wandering off, and we then cut back to the command center of the ship. And Tigertron slowly sort of starts to come to, and he looks over at Air Razor, who's, who's doing the same, and he checks to make sure that she's okay. Yeah, so she's damaged. She's like, I don't think so. And uh, he's he makes mention that he wouldn't like to go through that again. And then Air Razor's like, oh my gosh, Rat Trap and Cheetor. And Rat Trap's like, hey, looking for me? And then they both look over. They sort of have like this aghast expression. And we don't see Rat Trap at first, and then it sort of pans around Tigatron. He's like, by the Matrix. And then we finally cut to to rat trap and he is now in his transmetal form uh and we really get his exposed brain showing now well it's 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 orange and he's mostly blue so it really stands yeah. out yeah <laughs> he, he's mainly blue and silver and with a orange exposed brain and then his rat parts are kind of red yeah. Sort of a brownish, ready, like yeah. mahogany-ish. So I just pulled burn. a, uh, I just pulled a, a screenshot. It's in the if you if you guys are in the Facebook uh, Messenger because I was on my phone. Um, yep. Uh, I pulled a screenshot of the Fantastic Four origin scene 
in Fantastic Four uh, number one, it definitely is reminiscent of yeah, this. It does. Like right down to like the cosmic rays are like like lines. Like yep. they look like the oh, stars, yeah. almost and, like uh, raindrops. You know the pain. Like I'm not saying I'm not saying like that that one is. Yeah, you know, I mean obviously there's some there's some similarity there. Mm-hmm. You can only do cosmic waves so yeah, different. Yeah, yeah, and I mean and I mean I I more more power to them if uh, if if Beast Wars is referencing that that that's a cool thing. Totally. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, um, I, I guess I didn't re- remember it because it's not as like it's not like held on because like comics back then moved so fast right right, like, right. yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah because uh, how many panels is that actually now i think it's about it two panels that they're actually hitting with rays yeah. <laughs> yeah i think that's i think there's there are pages where other things are happening uh yeah uh but uh but there and, and like like it looks a little bit different the different characters look a little bit different that's that that one is specifically ben Grimm, i think um I was just sort of saying yeah, I think it. so. Yeah, so, like uh, yeah, the effect for Invisible Woman is different, and I don't feel like looking for the rest of it. But <laughs> it's just interesting that 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 caught my eye. Yeah, definitely some similarities they are there. I would say I'd say that's the episode picture right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I well, yeah, I could put it in there. Um, so. So Rattrap is sort of asking them what they're looking at because obviously he's not realizing what's happened. Um, he has like, his toolkits hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Even like, motions at his crotch. Yeah. <laughs> and then we hear Cheetor off screen who says, Jumping gyros, what happened to you? And then Rattrap looks over at him. He's like, huh, me? What happened to you? <laughs> They're both sort of circling one another, and they're right in front of one of the the elevator elevator doors. Or no, it's the CR chamber. My mistake. It, it's the ch- CR chamber is really shiny, and so Rat Trap happens to glance over. He's like, "I'm gorgeous." <laughs> I'm assuming this is the part where we would have gotten like the Pika Pika, where they were both yeah. like shiny. Um, so. Airazor is the first one to, to sort of comment on their new look. She's like, the surge must have mutated your superstructures. And then she she says, I wonder what it did to your beast modes. And then we get Cheetor and Rat Trap both look at one another and then immediately call out beast mode. And so they both transform into their beast forms. And Cheetor is admiring himself in the reflection. He's like, now that's gorgeous. And then we get Rat Trap who manages to get himself into his his sort of hot rod mode he's like huh i'm a rat with wheels cool (laughs) and just as he says that we we then cut over to cheetor and we get what these two sort of cylinders that are attached to his superstructure that pop out of the side of his body he's like hi i wonder what these gizmos are for (laughs) as soon as he says that turns out that they are some sort of a jetpack because they immediately fire off. He like tries to hold himself down and it just sort of shoots him around the room mm-hmm. and he flies down the hall and then immediately goes around the hall back into the room. As, as he's approaching the room, we get uh, Rat Trap who's trying to 
you know, move himself out of the way while he's in this car form. He finally manages to move. He sort of goes ass over tea kettle upside down and Cheetor manages to crash his face into one of the console. And he keeps going. Like he's just yeah. like ah, ah, as he's like rushing into the wall. And it's just yeah. really funny. Look how it looks, the animation. I think it's I think it's interesting <laughs> that, that Cheetor doesn't know how to use his his jetpacks initially. Yeah. It's sort of an interesting little gag. Uh Especially since Rat Trap seems to know all of his bells and whistles as we throughout as we go throughout the episode. Yeah, somewhat. I guess Rat like Trap's, rat than traps third mode is a rat rod. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's all the transmetals get like three modes essentially. Which yeah, is, I think yeah, they're essentially what in G one they were called triple changers, where they had the robot form, one mode, and then a secondary mode. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think we had there was uh, Blitzwing. I want to say was one because he was a jet, a tank, and a robot. Uh, Springer yeah. on the Autobot side was a car, a helicopter, and a robot. Uh, so this is a tangent, but did they ever do a crossover with Macross? <laughs> they. <laughs> Um, they didn't, although the toy of Jetfire from G1 was an actual Macross jet, if I remember correctly. Or, no, it was a Veritech. It was a Veritech fighter. I was going to say, at least in the comic books, that seems like it would be a good pairing. I yeah. can see it happening in the comics. I'm not sure if it ever did, though, but that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Eric, since you're not in the Facebook chat, I dropped that picture in the in the, the Skype chat. Uh, of the Fantastic Four comic, so you can see what we were talking about. Oh, okay, yeah, but yeah. So didn't want you to be excluded. <laughs> That's fine. I don't have the uh, password to the clubhouse. <laughs> the, You'll the let me read trivia on. for you. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to show him the secret handshake now. It's actually yeah, just a regular it. handshake, um, but you do it Shut not up. very strong. <laughs> we, we need to so give him the, the secret the, handshake where everyone's too awkward to actually shake hands. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, we we kind of like move our hands up like we're gonna shake hands a few times, and it's kind of like, yeah. <laughs> Don't go. Sometimes, for a high sometimes five, one person goes, goes in for a fist bump, bump, and the other person goes <laughs> in for a handshake. Yeah. 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 Exactly. See, Kendall and Kendall and Eric know what's what's up here. We both made the same joke at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> nah, we yeah. have to, we'd have to give him the codes for the Sentinel, and I don't know if we should like be handing those out before we can get on the Axon, you Sentinel. know? Right. Yeah. You mean the code that is essentially just punching the console so that the button pops out? Or saying your name. Yeah. <laughs> True enough. Anyway. Um... <laughs> So we back to the episode, we, we've cut back to the Predacon base, and their base is pretty messed up as well. We, we're panning around, and we see their CR chamber, and we get Waspinator, who, who, who manages to gather himself up out of it. And, of course, we then get the, the line, is like, Waspinator is alive! And he's looking around a little bit, and then we get a very menacing, shadowy Megatron as there's sparks flying and sort of he's not fully illuminated. So it's supposed to be 
extremely ominous looking, especially since his eyes are glowing red at this point. Yeah. Um, and we get Watchman here says, Megatron, what happened? And Megatron retorts with, I have changed for the better. Yes. <laughs> so. Um, I just I just thought of uh, Megatron and Optimus singing um, because I knew you. I've cha- I've been changed for good from Wicked. I'm glad I'm not the only one that was thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, you and I are on the same page. Apparently, <laughs> because I knew you, I have been changed for good. <laughs> Megatron, I hope you're happy now. <laughs> Oh my! Um, Cheetor sings a song about defying gravity, or or yeah, 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 and then and then and then uh, and then they and then everybody bro- breaks into no one mourns Optimus, Aww. no one mourns the wicked, no one mourns the primal, no one mourns the primal. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Cheetor sings defying gravity. That's great. Oh man. <laughs> Anyway, getting back to our episode here, um, we we cut to the Black Arachnia, who's managed to sort of find where Tarantulas and Inferno's bodies are being stored, uh, and they've got like sort of a a defense field that's surrounding them. She manages to shut them off, as she but does. You say that like it's difficult. She just oh yeah, the switch. Yeah, there's just a switch that she flicks, and it shuts everything off. Um, so, obviously, they weren't too concerned about security at this point. Um, we do real we do see though that once she's shut off this sort of protection field around their cells, um, we see the tarantula's body is changed. Although it's curled, it's curled up like you know how sometimes if you kill a spider, it's legs sort of curl up and it sort of almost goes into like a ball shape. Um, that's sort of like what we've got here with Tarantulas and his body. But you can tell that it's definitely different than what it was. Like, there's a lot more purple. So so the fact that there are two Predacons... more metallic, too. The yeah. fact that there are two Predacons and two Maximals that um, that become transmetals in this, in this episode, uh, mm-hmm. it makes me think that the Fantastic Four illusions were more deliberate because they're all because there are four transmetals. Okay. And also that explains why exactly four became transmetals because it seems incredibly arbitrary. I mean maybe they explain it later, but it seems incredibly arbitrary that like you're in the same room and you get hit by the same rays and some people get it and some people don't. Mm. Although the one thing that I did notice so far, the, the 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 recurring theme that we're getting is that none of the like none of the Predacons or the Maxwells that ha- that have been landed here from pods, and like it's only the ones that were that came from Cybertron that weren't in pods have been changed so far, and the only ones who who avoided that are either dead or. In Rhinox and Dinobot's case, they're in CR chambers. Or Waspinator 2 was in a or CR chamber. Or Waspinator 2 was in a CR chamber. Okay, yeah. Uh, although, so, like, they were 
because this was because this came from this came from the this was related to the explosion, right? So yeah, the I quantum guess, surge was a result of the the moon exploding. Maybe maybe the the uh, the max the the uh, the characters that were in stasis pods, uh, they were near qu- what kind of radiation was this? Quantum. Uh, quantum surge. I quantum think sur- it was a quantum surge. Yeah. So so like maybe they maybe the um, the moon was emanating quantum energy. And so they became more like adjusted to it oh, when they were in that, or maybe because they were born on Earth. <laughs> maybe that's the thing. I don't know if that matters too much, but oh, oh, because uh, the because the characters, the ones that were on that were piloting the ship, were had Cybertronian forms. They weren't protoforms. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's that's actually that's an interesting thought. Or because the writers or the the animators were like, we just made these models. We're <laughs> using them. Well, I mean, like, I don't know, like, if, I mean, like, later on, uh, Air Razor and Tiger Tron get, like, transmetal toys, but maybe mm-hmm. at the beginning, the first wave didn't have them, and then they were just, like, going off which toys got transmetal versions, but um, it, it, it is kind of interesting to note that they all are, everyone that got changed um, was one of the originals, yeah, and, they, and, and every original that didn't get changed was in a CR chamber. So there might be something to do with that. Also, Optimus was the might have been the template because they only ever scanned him. That's true. And yeah. he's a Cybertronian. Well, these other ones are are Cybertronians, but kind of Earthling Cybertronians, which might make it different. I have no idea. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, you know some good speculation, I think. Um. So we, we've got Black Arachnia here who uh, sort of grabs up Tarantulas's balled up body and starts dragging it away. And as she drags it out of frame, we then see Inferno, uh, his eyes uh, start glowing as if to indicate that he's back online, even though he's in, literally in pieces at this point. <laughs> um, so from there, we cut back to... The, the remaining Maxwells that are in the ship right now. Um, Rat Trap's sort of saying, okay, Tigertron, you and your razor go looking for Black Arachne, and Tigertron's like, you, he's like, surely the She-Spider has escaped by now. And Rat Trap's like, if this surge decked us, I'm betting it, that it did the same to her. And uh, so just as he says that, Tigertron and Air Razor decide to to head out of the ship. We then, uh, as they as they walk out of frame, we see the CR chamber behind them, and it cuts in to show Rhinox, who's sort of having a dream, I guess you could say, and he's somehow dreaming of Optimus dying. Like literally, the scene of Optimus's pod as it goes into the moon and all the energy and we hear Optimus's yell from the previous episode and we then get this sort of it's almost like a spiritual sort of thing where we see Optimus's body it's all sort of energy looking now like you don't actually see his actual surface it's all like energy and we see this spark as Optimus's body sort of floats away and just as the spark comes more into focus, 
the screen goes black and we see Rat Trap is sort of waking up Rhinox. And it's like, Rhinox, you you okay? He's like, How how are you feeling? And so Rhinox bolts out of the CR chamber and looks around and he's like, Rat Trap? He's like, What happened? He's like, Uh it's kind of a new look. And then um <laughs> we get Rhinox who sort of looks disappointed and he asks where Optimus is and we get a very solemn rat trap saying gone transwarp explosion to which Rhinox is like tell me what happened all of it so from here we then cut to to Inferno who is managing to piece himself <laughs> together somehow <laughs> determination yeah, very determined because he he manages to sort of like force his head back onto his body and sort of you know twists it around a little bit and sort of checks his joints and he's like I must get back to the royalty, um, and so he starts running off the screen cuts to black and then we when we come back in we've got Dinobot who's with them now also. And Rattrap, who who's just finishing explaining it, explaining everything, and says, and then we woke up, and Cheeto and I were like this, and he's like, uh, this trans metals. He's like, nice, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and we get Dinobot, who sort of spins one of Rattrap's wheels on his back, and Rattrap's like, hey. And, of course, the two of them, we get a little bit of a, you know, a back and forth that goes on. He's like, a definite improvement. Although, in your case, that's not difficult. <laughs> Rat Traps then, like, I knew we should have left you offline, lizard butt. And then, you know, Dinobot starts getting a bit angry. Rhinox steps in and he's like, enough. He's like, stand down, Dinobot. <laughs> this is where we get... One of my favorite scenes in the episode. Because Dino was like, by what right do you command me? And he's like, with Optimus gone, I should be. And then immediately we hear, (laughs) and Rhinox has grabbed him by the throat and hauled him (laughs) off of his feet. (laughs) He he pulls Dinobot in and he says, I'm in a bad mood. Understand? And Dinobot just goes, "Uh uh-huh. And then then Rhinox sets him down. That yeah. is why you don't piss off the rhino. <laughs> <laughs> now the second command is here. Yeah. And I, I also like how Rat Trap kind of like lost all his leadership abilities as soon as Dinobot came up and he just starts getting angry and wanting to fight him. Yeah. So not, Rat Trap's not such a good leader when Dinobot's around, but now that Rhinox is here, it's okay. Yeah. But yeah. After, after Rhinox sets Dinobot down, we get a little scene of. Uh, uh, Cheetor and Rat Traps are looking at each other like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> Rhinox is pissed. He just lost one of his oldest friends. Yeah. So we're about halfway through the episode. Um, do you guys want to take a quick break? You know, sure. A couple of minutes, and then we shall get back to it.
welcome back. So when we left off, uh, we had just had uh, Rhinox sort of taking command, so to speak, I guess, or rather enforcing his authority. Um, from from here, we, we've cut outside now, and we see um, Tarantulas' body sort of... The, the physics of this, it, it, it's very dinky. It almost It's almost Monty Python-esque, how his body sort of pops out of this hole from the side of the ship and just sort of bounces along the ground. <laughs> and then we, we, we zoom in and we see Black Arachnia popping out of the hole and her eyes glow green again. And we get Tarantulas' voice telling her to be careful with his body. Um, <laughs> and so she... Um, Oh god, I've lost my place here. So she's like trying to tell tell Tarantulas in her brain to oh knock it off or all self-destruct and slag us both. Um she's looking around and she's like, Oh, things have changed. And we see on the horizon like there's some clouds and we see like a little bit of lightning. Um from here <laughs> she's and then we hear the more things change more they stay the same, and then she gets slugged by Air Razor. So this is like the second time in two episodes that Air Razor has has given her a good punch in the face. <laughs> um, Black Arachnia, of course, is sort of seething. She looks at Air Razor, and Air Razor is like, "Go ahead, Spider, make a move, please." And this is while Air Razor is pointing her sort of dart, her wrist darts at her. Um, but just as she says that. Um, they look up and they're like, oh, and then we see an explosion. Both she and Tigertron are sort of thrown away and they're knocked unconscious. Um, the Maximals inside are like, what was that? And so Rhinox tells, uh, Rashtrap and Cheetor to check it out. And Rhinox tells Dinobot that they're going to try and get Sentinel back online. We then cut back outside. We've got Black Arachnia, and we now see Megatron in his full transmetal glory, uh, sort of floating down. He's got jets. Um, let's see to describe him here. He, he's definitely he's got a lot of almost like bronze. Yeah. Um, and then he he no longer has the Tyrannosaurus head on his arm. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm so disappointed by that. It's another character like, we lost this season. Was- yeah. Um, although he's got like this sort of flattened, I guess, dinosaur face on his chest now. Um, the tail. Well, Kendall, you'll be happy because he's got the tail on his arm again. <laughs> Only it's a gun now instead of like some sort of pincher thing. I, it's also very, uh, it's malleable. Like it's able, it's like, uh, yeah, it's very flexible. Style. Yeah. Yeah. I think, but um, he, I think they pro the, the like toy creators realized that the TV show makers really don't, didn't like that he didn't have a real hand. And so they mm-hmm. gave him a real hand, I think, is what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, we'll see if he'll lose this tail hand sometimes, if he'll switch mm. it up. So he has two um, hands? That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Eric. Were you going to say something there? Uh, oh. No, but I can think up something real quick. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought I had heard you trying to say something. There. This is not a good episode to be Black Arachnia. No. No, that's true. 
Yeah, because she, she of course is like, oh, Megatron, and then immediately gets sort of pimp slapped, pimp slapped by Megatron. And after he slaps her, he essentially charges up his new weapon and is pointing it right at the back of her head. And he's like, treacherous spider. He's like, did you think I don't know what you and Tarantulas planned? And as he's holding the gun to her head, she's like, not a good idea. And he, he questions her as to why that is. And she's like, well, Optimus' body parts may be decorating space, but the rest of the, of the Maximals are fully functional. And since she only sees that he had that Waspinator is with him and that Pterosaur and Scorponok aren't, she's betting that he needs troops. So pretty clever on her part. And of course he mentions that. And so he picks her up by the scruff of her neck, almost like a mother cat would a kitten and holds her to his face. And he says, but betray me again. And you'll wish you'd never come online. And so she's like point taken. And as right after she says that we then see the, the elevator descending from the maximal ship. Uh, with Rat Trap and Cheetor obviously on it, uh, Megatron tells Waspinator to go like high and tells Black Arachne to fire at a signal. And so Rat Trap and, and Cheetor see Tigatron and Airazor. They're passed out on the ground and they're sort of wondering what's going on. And Rat Trap radios into Rhinox telling him that they've got trouble. And of course, Rhinox is like, we're on our way. And Dinobot is getting all excited. He pulls his sword out and he's like, at last battle. <laughs> and of course, just as he says that, we then get Inferno uh, making his appearance in the command center. And he says, if it's battle you want, let it begin. And so he fires his gun and Dinobot, like a chump, moves out of the way unless Rhinox get blasted. So... Rhinox gets flung into a console and falls over. And Inferno's like, Alex, he's like, ah, for the royalty. And he stands at attention, and I love it. Yes. And then he starts shooting madly. And then we cut back outside, and Cheetor and Rattrap hear what's going on inside. They're like, oh no, what's going on? And um, we then get Megatron popping out from behind a rock and orders Waspinator to fire. And the resulting explosion sends Rat Trap almost over the edge and does actually send Cheetor over the edge and he's falling down this waterfall. And he manages to transform in midair and activates his jets and then sort of flies up. And he's sort of laughing. He, at least now he's sort of got control over what he's doing. And he's not in such a confined space, which is good. Yeah. So he's flying up and... um. I'm trying to remember, was it at this point that, no, he, I don't remember what happened. He, Megatron orders Black Arachnia to take out uh, Cheetor. And actually, I think he says something to the effect of, take the cat. And just as she's about to fire, Tarantulas takes over her body again and says, no, get my body out of here. And she's arguing with Tarantulas inside her head, saying, no, you know, you heard what Megatron said. And Tarantula sort of forces her to do it. Megatron gets pissed, and so Black Arachnia grabs Tarantula's body and sort of web swings away from the fight, so to speak. And sort of like what we always 
wonder with Spider-Man is I I don't know where she shot her little hook and web to. It uh, went into the air like un- underneath the ship or something. I, I, I don't suppose. know. Yeah. This is I feel like this isn't this isn't as egregious as other cases of this. Yeah, yeah. I feel and also this is like a thing that happens everywhere. Like the most the most egregious time that this happens is when people write Batman like he's Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. And they and he just he just he shoots his he shoots his thing and his grappling hook and then he swings and he happens a lot is swinging too. across the city. Yeah. Oh yeah. But he'll just like randomly shoot off and then just like zoom out like really bad CG because it's TV. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. I th- um. I. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, I just I think I was agreeing with you. I don't. I it it's definitely like a thing that doesn't make a lot of sense, but it also you know it's a trope or is. Yeah, I guess I, you could call it a trope. It's a thing that happens on a fairly mm-hmm. regular basis when with characters that have grappling hooks. And I, I want to say earlier that I like when when Shidor flies up and Megatron is kind of following him for a bit, not saying anything. I like that thing that he's just like, "What? Whatever. Okay, go shoot him." <laughs> <laughs> like Waspinator well, reacts more strongly later, as we'll see. But like Megatron's yeah. just like, "Whatever. Everyone's changed. It's it." Just, just back to business. <laughs> yeah, Megatron's very well adjusted to this because he fig- he figured out exactly how everything works. He doesn't care that two of his men died. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's you know he's he's just he's good. Yeah, because that seems like that would really. I mean, I guess the I guess the the Maximals lost their leader, which is kind of equivalent to losing two Predacons. But right now, how many are on each side? If you assume the spiders are with are with Megatron so that's well we've got six Maximals and then we've got the spiders are two Waspinator and Megatron and Inferno so that's five five. okay so there's so they are outnumbered by one only down by one but I wouldn't I wouldn't count the spiders right now right yeah 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 that's and um and you know everyone deals with grief differently. Megatron's like he's just he's just getting into his work okay that's (laughs) focusing on his Focusing on focusing on like keeping things normal. Yeah, it's like you know I was I had, I had planned on attacking the Maximals. I'm not gonna you know I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna just move forward with my life as normal and attack the Maximals. Yeah, <laughs> even though he has yeah he has like nobody with him at that time. Well, for all for all you know, maybe he thought he was the only one who got a power boost, and it would be like easy for him. Maybe, right, but. right, yeah, he's the only one that got a power boost, and he's attacking the Maximals who have just lost their leader. Mm-hmm. I suppose that makes sense. Well, yeah, he he's probably assuming like what had happened that one time where Optimus got absorbed into the probe that you know they're all scat they're all scatterbrained you know they're confused and whatnot. Only I don't think he really took into consideration the fact that Rhinox, you know was in a bad mood to begin with. Rhinox was in, <laughs> if Rhinox wasn't in a bad mood, then maybe he would have stood a chance. Yeah. Um, so we get, um, when Black Arachnia swung away, there was one cool part with Megatron because he's like, how dare you? Like, he was so <laughs> offended by her leaving. <laughs> you know, I thought, it, I, he's like, the, the audacity to, like, betray yeah. me and then Again. give me... Like just after you betrayed me, like immediately after, as soon as you get a chance, yeah. <laughs> she feels feels so bad for Black Arachnia. Like Eric said, like she didn't want to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I'm so. just I'm just sort of confused by him because didn't he like wasn't that part of the plan for her to betray him? 
Yeah, but she still betrayed him. I, I suppose. He Seems... figured that she would have had the sense to not, you know, go all the way with it, I guess. Like, she, she was sort of going well, a bit it, more into it than what she it, should it, have. It was, it was useful for her to betray him, but she still betrayed him. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, you're not going to just let that go. Yeah. He was probably hoping that she was going to get destroyed in some way over the course of it. Like, he that would take too. out Tarantulas, and he was probably thinking that the Maximum might have taken her out or something. But, yeah. So, uh, we, with the episode, we, we've come back inside now, and we've got Dinobot, this poor center console, it keeps getting wrecked. And Dinobot's, like, using it as a shield from Inferno, and he manages to, to disarm Inferno with his laser eyes. And Inferno's like, I don't need a weapon to to take you out, traitor. And so he sort of tackles Dinobot and has him pinned to the floor, um, which I find kind of surprised. Well, I guess Inferno is one of the more competent ones out of that team. So although I w- I'm surprised that Dinobot would have let him get sort of the drop on him, so to speak, with regards to that. Well, especially because um, Dinobot, one of his primary weapons is a melee weapon, so you'd think he'd be good at hand-to-hand. Yeah. I but. guess he didn't have a chance to get his melee weapons out, but for he, like, jumped on them. Yeah, I suppose that's deal. true. But So we, we've come back outside now, and we've got Cheetor, who, who's flying towards Waspinator. Waspinator's sort of confused at this point. He's like, huh? Catbot cannot fly. <laughs> and... Just as he says that, he's crashed into by Cheetor, who sort of, similar to the way Inferno pinned Dinobot, he's pinned Waspinator to the top of the ship. And he's like, give it up, bug boy, it'll only hurt for a nano-click. And Waspinator's like, never, Waspinator, never surrender. And then he manages to sort of, you know, push Cheetor off of him. And of course, like any good cat, he lands on his feet. And, um... Waspinator is back on his feet as well. And Chinor's like, oh, he's like, you're making this hard on yourself. And just as he says that, Waspinator shoots at him and he hides behind it, one of the disabled guns on the ship. And we get Rat Trap then, who is about to try and go up and help him, only he starts getting shot at by Megatron. Um, and he's using one of his, I think it's like a hubcap from one of his wheels. It looks like it, but it, his wheels are still there, so I was confused yeah. about that. Um, but he's sort of using it like a shield. <laughs> and so um, so Megatron pops out, and he transforms into his... This is the first time that we see his, his new T-Rex form. Um, <laughs> it's so where he goes, bon- Kakui. <laughs> yeah, he, and apparently he's got roller skates on that he... <laughs> He can have fold down onto his feet, and he activates his jet. And it's, yeah, kids, he, you thought um, T Rexes were cool. How about rollerblading T Rexes with a jetpack? Yeah, yeah. This, uh, this yeah. bit here feels kind of like an egregious. Like we need an excuse to have Megatron go to beast mode. Yeah, like it and and to demonstrate all the bells and whistles on this new version. It, it I don't know. It seemed. It seems to me like kind of the point of Transformers is that they're better in their robot form. Mm-hmm. And in a 
one-on-one confrontation in short range, being able to roller skate doesn't seem super relevant, especially do those, do those rocket boosters also allow him to fly when he's in beast mode or can he only fly yes. when he's transformed? Yep. He flies early. He flies later in this episode. Yeah. Um, okay. Like as someone who's been playing a lot of transformers video games recently, when I want to get close to something and then hit them, I transform in their vehicle mode first and get closer. And then I tr- transform back into robot mode into a melee attack. Like that's mm. just, it's just like, he's going to like, he's trying to get closer to rat trap so that he can take him out. That's a, it, it's just to, for, for movement, I assume. Yeah. Mm. Cause he's faster if- as like a, as the T-Rex. You but he could have been walking towards him instead of transforming and then pulling out his, <laughs> and then pulling out his uh, roller skates and then pulling out his jets. That's not as cool. Yeah, I don't know. He's just yeah, kept firing his laser tail, I guess. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't exactly have... Well, maybe his laser tail only works at point-blank range. <laughs> well, he wasn't hitting him with the with the tail, so he mm. wanted to get closer to do some melee damage. Maybe he's just going to eat him. That could be it, too. Yeah. His, his bite attack is probably pretty powerful. I think like a bite attack from a T-Rex and... like. D and D is like several D six, so <laughs> could be even D tens. Two, two. Well, they are at Paragon D. tier, so <laughs> I really have... wonder if Megatron's new beast mode is what inspired Skechers to make Heelys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it does forty twelve plus seven piercing damage, so that's that's pretty fucking. Heavy damage. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm. Oh God! Now that I think about it, Eric, that'd be so weird if that is in fact what inspired Healy's. I guy Skechers, whose kid is watching Beast Wars, and that happens. He's like, "I've got it." <laughs> Kids are gonna love it. He's like, "I can't stick jets on it, but at least I can stick wheels on them." Sorry, kids. I gotta go to the office. <laughs> I feel like the concept of jetpack with roller skates is is something that existed before this, though. I feel like that was on an episode of Jackass. <laughs> that would be that would make sense. This predates Jackass. Oh, geez, it does, doesn't it? Yes, because Jackass came out when I was in seventh grade. Oh God! So you think a teenage like. Steve-O and Johnny Knoxville watched Beast Wars and were like, we could do that. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Well, I mean, they we haven't gotten to the episode where um they turn the porter where they turn the porta potty upside down yet, so Ugh. Thankfully we don't get poo hoo humor in Beast Wars. Only the Japanese version. <laughs> True enough. Anyway, um, so <laughs> Rattrap makes comment that that uh, Mega Jerk got himself some kind of mega, f- some kind of mighty facelift, um, and then he he's like, "Oh, so you want to play chicken, huh?" So Rattrap transforms into his uh, what did you call it, Eric? You said it was a rat rod, I think. Uh yes, a rat yeah. rod. It's a type of hot rod where it was kind of like a messy beat together combination usually used an older chassis 
Oh, okay. Oh, wasn't that sort of like the ones that you you wouldn't have like the hood on the car or anything like that? Yeah, it'd take like car chassis from like the 30s and cut them up and give them the really big back wheels and the small front wheels like Rat Trap has. Oh, that's, yeah. that's a nice touch. I yeah. didn't know that was a thing. Glad we have resident car expert Eric on the on the show. <laughs> I love his um, exhaust things; they're so cool. Now, if if Rat Trap had become a Honda Accord, I'd have been able to identify that. <laughs> I owned an Accord when I was in college. It was a good the car. Only, the only car I've owned has been a Toyota Echo, and I love it. <laughs> it has an sure. offset dash. Oh, where it's to the right? Yeah. Yeah. I could never get into that. As somebody with fat hands, it's nice not having to try to look through them. <laughs> I'm, I'm having... sure others would echo that sentiment. Oh. But, uh, We're going to have a talk after this. <laughs> oh, oh, I know. I just thought I was trying to I was think trying of to like make a... an accord pun, too. Like, a, it's all... <laughs> According to plan, or I was something. trying to. I was trying to think of a of a of a, the type of animal that would turn into a Honda Accord, uh, but the transmetal version of of the um, of the dolphin transformer, whose name is Echo, would would transform into a Toyota Echo. <laughs> oh jeez, I love it. Also, also featured in a Sega Genesis video game. Yes. That's the third mutation. He turns into a Sega Genesis cartridge. <laughs> so you're is saying the Echo of... is a triple changer? He's a he's yes. a he's a transmetal, but he doesn't have a robot form. He's just he's a dolphin, a, a Toyota Echo, <laughs> and, a, and a Sega Genesis cartridge. And he's he's also like one of the minions of a bigger transformer that's a Genesis. <laughs> Right. There's also a robot that transforms into a chameleon and then into a cartridge of kid chameleon. <laughs> I knew you were going with that. And then <laughs> does he turn into a kid too? And there's and then there's a hedgehog transformer. <laughs> uh. It transforms into a wheel. <laughs> anyway. And also transforms into a chili dog. Uh, and and that and the title of that show is Console Wars. <laughs> anyway, getting back to the episode, um, we've got uh, so we, yeah we got a little bit of chicken between Rat Trap and, and Megatron here. Um, one of the things that happens is Rat Trap's driving towards him. Uh, he he sort of stiffens his tail. Okay, that sounds a little weird when I say that. Um, <laughs> he, it sort of like sh- sort of stands out straight, and he he hits the e brake, so to speak, and skids to a stop and turns, and he manages to to trip up Megatron, who sort of slides along the ground a little bit, and then he gets up and he transforms back into his robot mode, and he was like. Oh, because Megatron at one point is like, now feel my power, rodent. And so after he trips him up, Rat Trap transforms back. He's like, power you got. Brains is another story. And of course, 
once he says that, then Megatron transforms and just immediately starts shooting at him again. He's like, oh, no, give me a break. <laughs> and uh, so we cut back to, to Cheetor and Waspinator's like trying to pick him off from behind the gun that he's hiding behind. And Cheetor sort of, he transforms and he's got like this sort of tail whip, I guess, now. Yeah, it's, it's his tail and now it's a whip. Yeah. And, I mean, so far, it looks like Transmental Cheetor doesn't have any guns. But we might it might be yeah. different like next episode. Yeah. But so far, it seems like he yeah. doesn't have any. Yeah, yeah, he's weapons. he's just. But what he can do though is lower uh, Waspinator's defense. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, he he manages to whip Waspinator. Oh, tail whip. <laughs> <laughs> he he managed. Damn it! I haven't had a single bad joke this episode, and you, you everybody else is having them. <laughs> um, so. Cheetor manages to to whip uh, Waspinator's gun out of his hand, and Waspinator immediately panics, transforms, and starts flying away. Um, I don't have a gun. I'm fucked. <laughs> yeah. And so, and he keeps forgetting he has laser eyes. I we mean, learned this. Like, I think everyone's forgetting that. Like, I yeah. forgot until you well, mentioned does, it. Does, does Transmetal Cheetor have laser eyes? No, no. He means like uh, Waspinator. Oh, Waspinator. Yeah. We haven't seen him use his laser eyes in forever. But anyway, Waspinator is trying to beat it. Um, Cheetor uh, transforms back into his cat mode and starts chasing after him with his jets. Um, and Cheetor's like, nobody buzzes out on this cat. And so just as he's flying, he notices that Rattrap's sort of pinned down by Megatron. Like, he's under fire. So he goes to try and save him. And Rattrap, meanwhile, is shooting Megatron. He actually shoots him a few times, but Megatron's body, like, he just sort of shrugs it off. Like, it, the Rattrap shots just sort of bounce off of him, I guess. Yeah. He's, like, doing almost like a Superman sort of thing where he's, like, just marching towards him and Rattrap's shooting him and nothing's happening. Um, and Rattrap's like, oh, man, what's it going to take to stop this pack of bolts? And Cheetor's flying in. He's like, hang on, Rattrop. Air, air Cheetor's coming in. And Megatron turns. He's sort of, you know, kind of surprised, but then he just sidesteps Cheetor, and Cheetor manages to crash into Rattrap. And we get one of the one of the cool lines of the episode, because Megatron charges up his gun again. He's like, new packaging, same product. Losers. <laughs> <laughs> was that a commentary on people that buy action figures? No, no, I don't, I don't, I don't. I think it was a reference to like the whole new packaging, same product was a reference to like the fact that they're action figures. But yeah. I don't think he's trying to say the people who buy them are losers. He's saying oh, they're well, losers. No. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. I that's how I took it. I'm offended by. I, I'm pretty sure I'm thinking about boycotting Beast Wars at this point. He called the product losers. He didn't say like people who buy you are losers. It was like a self, <laughs> self it was almost self deprecating, you could say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. It's it's it is it's just funny that he said that line in the episode that was an advertisement for the new toys. True. <laughs> so we we've come back inside and we've still got Inferno on top of Dinobot. And he's like, You're mine now and then 
we see Inferno's head get grabbed by Rhinox, like just palmed basically. Like Inferno's head is like a basketball at this point. And Rhinox like, I don't think so. And then he immediately tosses Inferno down the elevator shaft out of the ship. And he sort of, you know, flops out on his ass. And Megatron goes over, he's like, Inferno! And Inferno's like, Royalty, you've come for me! <laughs> Megatron looks up, and we've got Rhinox, who's holding his gun, and it's starting to it just spin. starts spinning, yeah. And it's like the most... The only other time that I can think of that Rhinox's sound anywhere, anywhere close to this menacing was back when he got, you know, sort of hypnotized into being a Predacon. But he's like, Megatron! <laughs> he was almost like gleeful about it. Um, <laughs> Megatron tosses Inferno out of the way and sort of makes mention that he thinks it's time for a tactical retreat. So he transforms back into his T-Rex mode and starts flying away. He manages to grab Inferno with his like claws and flies off as Rhinox tops down out of the ship and then Dinobots right behind him. They go to to check on Rat Trap and Cheetor. <laughs> Rat Trap is like a few flying lessons wouldn't hurt, and you know they check to make sure everything's okay. And Rat Trap's like Cheetor oh, looks no. a little like oh yeah. <laughs> Rat Trap's like oh nothing. A hot oil bath won't cure. Um, but then he sort of makes mention that uh, the Beast Wars just got a lot weirder. Um, then with our last like thirty seconds or so of this episode, we've cut to this sort of swampy area, I think it is. And we've got these damaged stasis pods that are scanning. And we see that the, the computers on them have been damaged and they're scanning for life forms, but then they're sort of glitching out saying all systems malfunctioning. And we see a hand bust through the, the top of the pod. And that's where we fade to black. That's the end of the episode. So, yeah, there you go. First season, first episode of season two. We introduced to uh, some new forms of some returning characters, and some other characters are gone. So, interesting start for the new season. Yeah. What did you guys think? I really, I really liked it. I thought it was a really good um, introduction to the transmetals, and it was cool how they did it with the whole quantum surge thing and uh i think they're pretty cool i like i like that they are a little bit more like they have a bit of a more vehicle aspect to them because like as much as like the the beasts are cool and everything Mm -hmm. and i'm not i'm definitely not like a truck not monkey kind of guy i'm not that but i i do kind of think like well a car has like a clear purpose to it that a robot could use you know getting faster for a bit while an animal body it's like that's clearly weaker than a robot like you can't like but even though they have shown to um be able to use your animal forms uh creatively in combat uh i still kind of like the i like that they now have um like a jet and like a car thing going on like a little bit a little bit more vehicular but still being like these animal transformations which are cool yeah Yeah. and like the character moments of rat trap being like uh, kind of stepping up the plate, uh, Rhinox being like super pissed off. <laughs> um, I, I, um, the, 
the quick deaths of like Pterosaur and Scorponok to the point where Kendall wasn't even sure that they had died, which I mean could be a detriment, but I kind of like how like brutal it is. Um, yeah. The original 1986 movie was like equally as brutal, where like Ironhide and true. Ratchet get killed like super like like Ironhide and Ratchet were like huge characters of G1, and they just get shot down at the beginning of the movie. It's like yeah. holy crap! Like when I first when I watched the 86 movie after not having watched Transformers for a while, I assumed those were just like non characters, and then when I found out more about the series and watched like more G1, I was like holy shit! Like that's yeah. it. It got so it kind of mirrors. Um, past Transformers and how how quick they are to kill off characters when they really want to. <laughs> That's true. And it's almost exactly the same reason that they did it, too, was to make room for newer models of toys. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's, uh, yeah, I wish that they would have more clearly acknowledged, even if they'd have said, even if, if instead of Black Arachnia saying, I see that the those two aren't with you, so obviously they're dead. Um, if she, if instead she had said to something along the lines of like, where where are uh, Scorponok and Pterosaur, and and he was like, they were destroyed in the, 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 the like, but then again, maybe oh, maybe but- they specifically didn't want to reference the death in, in order to you know because then you don't want kids thinking about death. Well, that was uh, in the trivia. They had mentioned that they specifically left it vague just so that they would have an out to bring those characters back if they mm-hmm. felt they were needed. That's true. So that kind of makes me wonder how they would have brought them back if that was the case. Hmm. It had come up out of the lava. <laughs> I mean, I mean, and yeah, that's... The, yeah. I mean, that, that the makes sense. The lava would melt them into one combined robot well i would oh, say that, that would like creepy the, what would have happened is it's like oh when they they got that energy on them they transformed the trans metals and the trans metal was able to like resist the lava because it's like stronger mm-hmm. and then they just they got kind of like maybe fossilized and then they break out later so that's probably how they would have done it something like that ah shit what, what just happened okay there we go okay we're Did recording it, again is it recording okay yeah 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 it was just i Clicked the thing and it did the thing, but the recording we're is fine. Rec- we're still we're recording. Still recording all or that. I, well, I re I for like a couple seconds it was not recording, but then it was recording. <laughs> but now it's recording. Well, again. I, I stop I pressing mean, things. I mean, I have, a, I, I have a I have a I have a separate <laughs> recording if we need it. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Okay, cool. right. How are you? How are you? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Eric, what was your what were your thoughts on the episode? I really enjoyed it. Uh, I like seeing the new robot forms. Uh, I like that they didn't immediately know how to use them. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Although I do know with certain returns of characters that we don't get that same sort of thing, which is kind of surprising to me, but. It uh, it is what it is, but we'll see how that is in the future episodes. I feel like um, I feel like for the most part, it makes sense when they do know how to use everything, um, like like because they're you know weird transformery things. They know, you know, that if they flip their hand, it'll be a gun. Like, it, that like does... I think it it would have made sense for Cheetor to know what was attached to him. 
but not how to fly right away. Yeah. Right, right, yeah, yeah, and I think, and and I think it, yeah, I think it worked the way they the way they did it. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that like, I'm saying it works both ways. Like you can have like Rat Trap or or uh, or Megatron who basically know all their all their things instinctively, intuitively, because they're pretty good at thinking and critically and uh, and everything. Whereas Cheetor is a much you know he's a much more impulsive and not the best strategic mind. Um, he's younger. Yeah, he's not yeah, experienced. He's, he's the he's the kid. Um so it it it's it did make sense in that context. And it de- yeah, it definitely worked. That was something that worked out I man, when I was a kid I loved the transmetal designs. I do not love the transmetal designs. Mm-hmm. I I just um like I don't know. I I'm I'm sure it's 99% just like me like gut reaction, you know, Spider-Man shouldn't have a glowing spider on his, sh- on his costume kind of thing. But mm-hmm. like, I really, I really liked the design of the original Megatron or the original Megatron, the Megatron that's in the, was in the first season. We know I really what you like that design. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm like, I feel like I'm like, yeah, I like the original cast of Saturday Night Live, you know, Adam Sandler and, uh, and Mike Myers. <laughs> Um, no, no, I, the, yeah, the, I liked the season one design of Megatron a lot. I liked the design of, the thing is Cheetor and Rat Trap are probably my two least favorite characters. So like, if they're gonna change the design, then that's, you know, fine. But I, I definitely liked the season one design better than these designs, but they might grow on me, especially I feel like Rat Trap might grow on me. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we'll see about Translos because we just saw him curled up and I really I really don't I really at the end of the day I don't like that they didn't acknowledge the deaths uh, or they didn't treat they do better with the deaths of uh, of the uh, whatchamacallit of Pterosaur and, and Scorponok well if Dinobot had known I'm sure he would have done some sort of a ceremony because <laughs> <laughs> he's been itching to do that funeral for weeks now Mm. So. I think I said on um, last episode that I, I liked. Uh, I mentioned that Cheetor was one of my favorite designs, the transmetal Cheetor, but not so much mm-hmm. his robot one, it's more the animal one. But yeah. watching it again, I'm like, I kind of, yeah, I'm, the animal one's growing on me. Like, I, I'm still not, like, super. Because the, the, the color scheme's a little weird, and, like, the, the, the hands as, like, half of the faces was a little weird, but it's kind of yeah. growing on me. Because this is the second time I've watched this episode, and. Um, yeah, it's kind of kind of worked for me a little bit more, but I totally could see why uh, Robot Cheetor would be a little just for the color scheme alone because it's, it's pretty bright. It's like it's yeah. like emeraldy green or like greenish blue, and mm. then like get, and then really bright yellow. So they're really bright and striking, and like the bluish green and the yellow don't necessarily work together super well, but yeah. The other thing, the other thing that I don't really like about the transmetals, and I don't again, this is something that they may address later, is uh, like I thought they did the beast form thing to protect them from energon because it's like organic matter, and yes. with it being metal, that seems like it's less organic. I think the transmetal thing, in both forms, they're not protected from energon, yeah, because of the transmetalness. 
Yeah, I think it's supposed to. It's supposed to protect them. Um, there's gonna be some stuff that we'll come to realize as well. With like in in these future in these episodes coming up, there's gonna be some things that we'll come to find out as to what's happened with the planet because of mm-hmm. of the attack that the aliens made on it. Um, right. So that you, your question, your your observation will sort of be answered, but uh, we'll have to to wait to. I won't spoil it for you, um, considering how much I've already spoiled anyway. Okay, well, <laughs> I, I, better be good. And I, and I, I also like how che- Cheetor's. Sorry, I, should, I just didn't mean to talk over you there. But I like how Cheetor, because my thing isn't even that important. But I like that Cheetor's eye color consistently is different than every other character. Like when che- Cheetor season one had yellow eyes and Cheetor season two has green eyes, while every other character seems to have red. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Yeah, I think I like. So, I think I think I could probably come around on on Rat Trap's transmetal version. I think more than, mm-hmm. and it's also it's just weird they have a different design but the same voice. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is a bit different. I don't know. Anyway, I miss the thing the way things were. I I remember when you know we need to make Beast Wars great again. Oh God! It's been a week. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, so you're saying we should give it a chance? <laughs> no. Uh, no. No. Don't even. Oh, my. Anyway, we've got a few questions that have been asked. Um, since Jordan's not here to ask them, I suppose I'll be the one who shall ask them this time. Um Call me Alex or at Profound Pants uh, has a few questions for us, and then Jordan left a question specifically for you, Kendall. Okay. Um, and then we did have one other, uh, but Profound Pants asks: Back on Transformers, Unicron is in charge of the Decepticons and planet sized. Yeah. Why doesn't he attack Cybertron? And he goes on to say, like, I doubt either side has the firepower to destroy a planet. And being that big, he could seriously fuck shit up. Um, I'll go ahead and say that, uh, call me Alex, you need to watch the 1986 Transformers movie. Because uh, he literally does fuck shit up, especially the planet. Um, he doesn't completely destroy it, but he essentially starts smacking it around and like squashing a lot of stuff. And yeah. So yeah. Unicron. Yeah. He, he messes shit up. Yeah, definitely. He, he definitely uh, messes up quite a bit of it. Also, Unicron is sort of like, he isn't really the, the leader of the Decepticons or Predacons per se. He's more like just a force of evil and chaos in the Transformers universe. And he just happened like in this movie he he turns Megatron into Galvatron. Um, spoilers for anybody who hasn't watched it. It's like a thirty year old movie now, so if you haven't seen it, <laughs> go see it. Um, but yeah, he, he definitely has some uh, very imposing moments, you could say. Plus, he was voiced by um, uh, God. Why is Orson Welles. Yes, in Orson Welles' last role ever before he died, he was Unicron, and heavily believe, modified to cover yes. up. Yes, because he was having some breathing problems. He was uh, in a very uh, not good state at that point. Plus, he was referring to the movie as 
oh, that toy thing. Yeah, Who's and then Unicron. <laughs> oh, true. Unicron shows up like in that movie too. It's not like he was around the whole series and it just then yeah. decided to attack Cybertron. And it's kind of implied that he's been going out for the galaxy eating planets and then he's now at Cybertron. Yeah. Would the Transmetals teaming up to fight the Transformer Galactus be a little too on the nose? <laughs> uh, uh, it'd be awesome. <laughs> it would be pretty. It would be a nifty little uh, little thing to happen there. And Galvatron, aka Silver Surfer. Oh God, that would be something. So would we have a Megatron and a Galvatron in the same place at the same time? Then, is if that's the case. I mean, since Beast Wars Megatron isn't the original. Uh, true. Mm. Never meet your heroes. <laughs> Turn that could Terrorsaur into Galvatron. Oh, that'd be something. Mad with power. Yeah, that sounds about right for Galvatron. Here's a hint. <laughs> Megatron? Here's a hint. Blam. <laughs> It was all bad comedy. All right. I don't know did a good job in that movie, too. Ah, uh, yeah. Did a great job in that movie. Uh, anyway, so uh, Profound Pants has, has a couple of other questions. Uh, second one is uh, also, based on the presence of a golden disc on Cybertron, we can assume the Transformers are also an experiment of the aliens. So why were the aliens so upset at them interfe- for interfering on Earth? And why did the aliens not try to stop them from going there? The, there's actually there's there's two golden discs. One of the golden discs is essentially like the golden disc that was sent out from Earth on the Voyager space probe, I think, if I remember correctly. I'm remembering my history of the first season. So the the first golden disc is actually like a record of earth um, that was sent out by humanity and the transformers somehow got a hold of it. Oh, so they got it from V'ger? Yes, essentially. (laughs) God, how many Star Trek references are we going to make in this episode? We're not the ones making it. Transformers Mm. is the one that's making it. I swear, if you were any other man, I would kill you where you stand. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Um so yeah, we we so we've got I think it I don't know why they decided to make a second golden disc that was the aliens. Um but yeah, so so we've got one that was made by the aliens that Megatron has and the second one that Megatron has came from Earth, but it's a golden disc that was made by humanity. It's got like a record of history of humanity, I guess you could say. Oh, and um, they were using the they were using the golden disc. The, the golden disc tells them where Earth is, and so that's why they yes. wanted to go to Earth. Okay, that makes yeah. that makes sense. I'm actually okay with that little bit of complicated, convoluted lore. That makes sense. Yeah, but that technically means that both golden discs are from Earth. So I mean, it kind of makes sense that why they're and maybe they, maybe humanity found the other golden disc eventually, and then like made their own. Like that could be off of that. So, like it so, was inspired by. In the, so so like it was like area, ancient aliens. Uh, what? So like so like in the seventies or whatever the yeah it was the seventies that the Voyager spacecraft was sent out right. Yeah, so, maybe they maybe they found it so they in found the seventies and they're like, 
let's send this out like well a copy of it that with our stuff and maybe because i like this is an alien artifact let's right. send out something to aliens it's like alien stuff okay okay i guess that makes sense also mm-hmm. also if the earth was created by um the the mice from uh hitchhiker's guide aliens <laughs> which is basically what this premise is uh you know you could see you could see the like parallel parallel thought like if if they were created by these aliens then the brainwave patterns and ideas of humans might be similar so they might you know send out mm-hmm. discs the same way mm-hmm. yeah. so the the final question that uh profound pants asks uh since their shifts can travel apparently travel through time did they show up before the aliens started the cybertron experiment also, why hasn't either side used time travel to go back and win the Great War? How does Transformers time travel work? Um, As needed. Yes. Well, her <laughs> first question pertains to like the Golden Disk thing, where it's like, was it before the Cybertron experiment? That, that assumes that the aliens made Cybertron. Right. Which we we're not. Have since discussed that we're not. A, we're not ascribing to that. That yeah. that belief. Yeah. yeah. Um, keep an eye. I'll keep uh, an eye out for it. Yeah, um, this this uh, I, I I the second thing I kind of feel like the time travel aspect of that was an accident. Mm-hmm. So well, but they were able to free. send probes. That's true. That's true. I'm wondering if maybe there was some sort of agreement between the two sides not to yeah. But why wouldn't Predacons just break that agreement? Because they're like that's what they do. Well, the Predacons <laughs> did just true. break that agreement. Well, Megatron broke that agreement. Yeah. Um, they might have thought that the risk might not outweigh keeping things as they were, so to speak. Like, it, it could jeopardize things so that they might not exist, mm-hmm. or, you know, things could be irrevocably changed to their, not to their benefit, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would. I mean, from a certain point of view, you could say that that's exactly what Megatron did. He he, because the because the, the Maximals have the transwarp. If you assume that the Maximals have the transwarp technology and the Predacons do not, because the Predacons are the like subjugated class um, after they lost the war. I mean, I mean, to some whether it's whether it's whether it's the to the extent of my fan theory or like in the comics that is like a thing that they were. Yeah, that they're they're a they're a lower class. So and and that ship that the dark side was a stolen ship. That's true. Yes. So so they so they stole that. They got the golden disc that said where Earth was, and they went way back. You know, way back to prehistoric era. Um. And uh, and you know maybe maybe it's not maybe the time travel isn't in the transwarp drive isn't like perfectly exact, and that's mm-hmm. why that's why. Dinobot was questioning whether they were actually on Earth, um, but I mean they did go back to Earth to where the you know where to where this you know this perfect you know this brand new planet of lush energon energon and everything and so the assumedly if Megatron you know if Megatron did get the power then he could he could go back to Cybertron or he could win the Great War or he could do whatever he wanted to if he had all that infinite supply of energon yeah true Mm -hmm. um we will i'm not going to try i'm not going to spoil it too much but we are going to have some some further time travel sort of shenanigans over the course 
of this season and next. Well, not so much that they'll be doing time travel, but we're going to see some references to things. So it, it, we might touch upon this question again in the future. I'll try and remember it for down the line because there is some stuff that will happen in the future that we could definitely take this question a bit further with. So, but yeah. Um, so we got two two questions left. What I'll do this one because it's a really small one, and this this one is actually from Jordan directly, and it's for you, Kendall. He says, okay. "How are the death tallies for Pterosaur and Scorponok looking now?" So okay, so the final death tally: Pterosaur only died three times. I think that technically means he died four times uh, mm-hmm. because of the when the all the Predacons died. I think that's how mm-hmm. I mathed it. Um, and uh, and Scorponok died four times, so okay. five times. So that's actually, um, and if you compare that with others. Um, that's about right in line. Um, Megatron has died three times. Uh, Waspinator's died five times. Tarantulas has died four times. Optimus has died three times. Dinobots died four times. Rat Trap, Cheetor, and Rhinox have all died three times. Um, Greg has died twice. Oh, man. <laughs> I got better, though. <laughs> Uh, and and Most actually, so actually, yeah. so actually, Megatron would have been four. You know, Megatron would be four, and Waspinator would be six. Uh, so um, they're they're kind of right right in line, and Tarantulas would be five. Uh, so they're they're right they're right around where everybody else was. Okay. Clearly, the yeah. the Predacons are dying more than the Maximals, though. That's for yeah. sure. That's true. All right, so we got one question left. And that is from something to do. Uh, something to do asks if Rhinox had a transmetal form, what do you think he would look like? And we actually touched upon this on a previous episode because, as it turns out, there was a transmetal Rhinox. I think it was just the toy, though, because we never actually got a transmetal in the series. I, I can't remember if we did in the comic, but there was a toy. And he had like tank tread, so he he was almost sort of like an all-terrain vehicle in his third mode, and his rhino form was very much more metallic looking. So oh, I see. There's two different versions. There's the one that's like all blue, and there's one that's just got like blue highlights. But both of them do not look as good as his regular version. No, one of them might be like was he in Beast Machines? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not that? spoiling it for you. Okay. Because it's... Yeah, I'm not spoiling it. I'm not answering that question. Because, yeah, it'll be one of those things you'll have to find out on your own, Ken. Okay. So he... It looks like he... Also, it looks like he is... Uh, in... He does have a uh, transmetal form in the comics... Peace okay. is gone. There is only fear and despair and war and death. Is that's what hmm. he says? Oh, I see that picture. Yeah, Rhinox yeah, with Google armor hide. Sounds like he started shopping at Hot Topic with Zach. <laughs> Burn. So, yeah. I have a quick question. Go ahead. It's tank Which, treads, apparently. Sorry. It, it, he. It almost looks more like part snowmobile because there is one picture where his front 
feet became oh, skids. Oh, yeah, because they're skids. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know how rhinos are always linked to snowmobiling. Exactly. It's just like white tigers always being <laughs> in the Arctic. Uh, but anyway, it's so, just a quick question. What sounds like a more delicious limited time soda? Quantum Surge or Crystal Pepsi? Ooh. Quantum Surge. <laughs> I've had Crystal Pepsi. I think Quantum Surge is probably how, a drink. You can't measure how tasty Quantum Surge is? Mmm. So I think I figured out why I don't like the transmetal designs. <laughs> we haven't answered Eric's question. I'm still uh, thinking. I uh, well, well, while you're thinking, I figured out why I don't like the transmetal <laughs> designs. It's because they're still made of plastic. The toys are still made of plastic, uh. and they look like it looks. Re- they look really, really like a toy, as opposed to the other the other figure the the original figures they look more like cartoon versions of of uh you know of of the animals or whatever um <laughs> which is mostly is mostly in the in the in the toy form but one of the reasons that I like the the first season is that a lot of the characters are so toy accurate and I think that that's true of of the transmetals as well but they just don't I don't know. I, I feel like the toys just look kind of worse. Like especially, man, especially the Megatron is a is a step down. Okay. They all look kind of gaudy. Yeah. Eric, what yeah, sort of flavor would a Quantum Surge soda be? Uh, I think I would say some sort of grape flavor. Oh. Okay. If I, could, if I could turn into a transmetal from drinking it, I'll drink Qu- Quantum Surge, please. Yeah, I'd probably do it too. But not like grape soda, so it's okay. What if you so have what's your what travel if... mode? <laughs> Sorry, Kendall, what were you no. going to say? I was, I was. In, so, so you said if you could turn into a transmetal. What if you had like a forty percent chance of turning into a transmetal, but a ten percent chance of dying? I wouldn't drink it. <laughs> What's the other fifty percent? That you stay the same. Oh. That it's just a you know, that it's just yeah. That you fall that you fall over and then you get up a little while later. Well so there's a ninety percent chance I won't die. Yes, yes, exactly. Oh I like those odds. I'm definitely gonna drink it. Save me R and Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it sounds like Dragon Age drinking the, the taint to become a warden. <laughs> it might work. <laughs> or yes, might die. Well, I mean, none of the character. The only reason the characters that die from Quantum Surge dies because they get knocked in the lava. The other ones are just like that didn't do anything. Right? Well, I'm just yeah, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. But also, so am I gonna get knocked in the lava if I drink it? <laughs> I just won't drink it near a volcano. I'll be okay. <laughs> Is there any fans listening that could do like a mock-up of a can of Quantum Surge? That would be appreciated. <laughs> there's, there's a drink called Surge, so we just have to add Quantum. Oh yeah, I know. That's why I was thinking of it. <laughs> That's why we were thinking Quantum Surge or Crystal Pepsi. Oh, would it be Energon Crystal Pepsi? Energon Crystal. <laughs> you make that work. 
Well, I, I just watched Transformers Prime recently. Apparently, Energon's really bad for humans, so mm-hmm. I don't know if I would do that. Yeah, so is Pepsi. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Ah, so there's all of our questions. Um, does anybody have anything they would like to plug this week? Um, since Jordan isn't here, I'll plug turn the page <laughs> and uh, and um, uh, alphabet the, flight. Uh, they they see me rolling. That's it. And I guess mm-hmm. the al- alphabet one. What's that one called? Kendall? Alphabet flight. Alphabet yes. flight. There you go. They see me rolling. It's real good. And. Uh, um. Yeah. Then for me, uh, I yeah, dangerchair.tumblr.com is my art blog, and then at this is emeralds for uh, my Twitter, and at this is emerald for um, Instagram. Actually, without the at, I think. <laughs> I need to write this down so I just stop like fumbling these. That's <laughs> eh, all good. I would like to plug movie night with Molly and Pris. On audio entropy. Yes, that just started up. They just uh, posted Casablanca. Which (laughs) I've never seen before, but just hearing them and Ashley talk about it makes me want to go watch it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same. I was playing War for Cybertron while listening to them talk about it. (laughs) It's even related to Transformers somehow. (laughs) If you play it while playing... If you want, if you if you listen to it while playing a Transformers game, it's related to Transformers. <laughs> so, uh, is that all you had, Eric? Yep. Okay. Well, inside the Master Studio. I mean, I don't want to be too self-promotiony. So that's your job. <laughs> that's the that's what, that's what, this is what the point of this is. Like the only reason Jordan um, plugs other people is because he's a good boy, and he doesn't. I mean, most of the products that. Uh, we do are like have to do with Warren Beast, but if you have your own podcast, like shout it out there, man. Okay, well, uh, inside the Master Studio, also on Audio Entropy, yes. is a behind-the-screens look into the art of GMing. Uh, it's just a conversation with somebody who plays as the dungeon master or game master. Uh, go over their creative process stories from games they've taken part in it's uh, not at all a rip off of inside <laughs> the actor studio <laughs> cool. and it does end with a questionnaire uh-huh. inspired by Bernal people mm-hmm. cool so, yeah if you haven't checked it out check it out on audio entropy it's a very good show yeah I listened to a few episodes and I quite enjoy it I'm, I'm really into uh, tabletop games, so it's fun to listen. And there will be new episodes soon. Yay! Uh, just hold my feet to the fire on that. <laughs> we'll keep that in mind. It's evergreen. You can take your time. There's How 13 episodes up. I, I just saw the other day, right? There's 13 episodes, so that's, you know, it's more than 10. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> If I actually take care of the ones that I have in the can, I could have a total of 16. Oh. Uh-huh. So I just have to actually follow through. That's cool. like two eights. Yeah, that's, yeah. Oh, I suppose, yes. Come that's on. like two seasons of an HBO show. <laughs> How about you, Kendall? You got like anything three, you want to plug? Three BBC seasons. <laughs> oh. It's like 16 seasons of yeah. a BBC show. 
Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, um, this this uh, past week we just dropped uh, the first episode of the Katarn Collection, which is uh, my new podcast uh, with my friend Nick, uh, where we are reviewing game by game the LucasArts era of Star Wars video games. Uh, this episode had four games, which was too many. Um, we reviewed Star Super Star Wars, uh, The Force Unleashed for Wii, uh, X-Wing, and uh, Jedi Power Battles. Um, and it, it came together pretty well for a first episode. You can find it on the uh, Kendall Cast iTunes feed. Um, nice. And uh, also, uh, you can check me out on YouTube playing uh, music. I think there probably will be a video of America by Simon and Garfunkel by the time this episode posts uh, up there uh, that I just recently did. I just I just recently added a second camera to my setup, so um, it's a crappy nice. one. So hopefully it, hopefully it looks decent. Um, and uh, I'm at Kay Hallman on Twitter. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, I think that's it. Okay. Um, as always, I am going to plug AudioEntropy.com. Uh, as Eric had mentioned, there's the the new show that has come out there uh, with Hall, with Molly and Ashley. Because uh, apparently Chris Molly, Molly doesn't watch. Yeah, Ashley was a guest. Or, yes, she wasn't on it. Um, but apparently Molly doesn't watch a whole lot of movies. I guess so. This is a, they're going to try <laughs> and rectify that. Um, as well, uh, if you haven't already checked, uh, Audio Entropy does have a little bit of a presence on Twitch. Uh, and YouTube, uh, Video Entropy is the name. Uh, we actually streamed uh, some of the first Mass Effect game because Kendall has never played the series, uh, so we wanted to introduce it to him a little bit. We will be doing uh, more of that, but we don't, haven't decided when yet because yeah. we've got crazy schedules. <laughs> oh, yeah. But at some point, we'll try and get it done. Um, I actually just start, uh, of course, after we start did that i started playing mass effect 2 again because i love that game um so you might even see me streaming something at some point on my personal twitch or maybe it'll be on video entropy at some point um but we do have like game nights every once in a while uh mike will host like the jackbox games uh so anybody can play uh if they've got a mobile phone or if they just want to pop on and chat with us in the chat on twitch we are always looking for folks um yeah there you go. It's been another week. New episode is in the can for season two. So so there you go. And of course, if you have any questions or any comments, always feel free to find us on Twitter. We are at Warren Beast. Uh, Facebook, we are the Warren and Beast podcast. Uh, so it's www.facebook.com slash Warren and Beast podcast. Or if you are still an old fogey and you use email, you can email us at warrenbeastpodcast at gmail.com. So yeah, there you go. So yeah. I just want to quickly mention that um, the YouTube for Audio Entropy isn't called Video Entropy, it's just called Audio Entropy. So if you're looking for the YouTube, yes. look for Audio Entropy, but the Twitch is Video Entropy. Yeah, very true. So yeah, there you go, folks. It's been a week. As I'm sure most folks will be listening on the weekends or on Monday, we hope you have a Great weekend. Have a good week, and we'll see you in seven. So, there you go. I've for Warren Beast. I've been Greg. I've been Emily. I've been Eric. And I've been Kendall. Let's roll. Megatron.
Kakui! Hentai. <laughs> <laughs>